Good morning and welcome to Vertical Church Online. I'm so glad you're here with us. Come see what God has in store for us in this new series, Christmas Present. Welcome to December in Ovilla. It's Christmas time, amen? Yeah, I'm glad for it. It's a good time of the year. It's a season filled with lots of fun and powerful moments. Moments of uh, watching a child or your children, the look in their eyes on a Christmas morning when they see the tree and the presents and the stockings, the look in a grandparent's eye when the grandchildren have come over to see them, the look in a parent's face when they see their child in awe of the story of Jesus at Christmas. The moment when you're all of a sudden kind of overwhelmed with the moment and you're grateful to God for family, for friends, and for this time of year. A quiet moment between husband and wife in a busy time of year and a moment of personal worship when the gift of Jesus becomes very, very real to you. Powerful moments from this time of year. Moments that we don't want to miss. Moments that you don't want to look up from after they've happened and realize you missed a look. You missed the moment of worship. You missed a moment of hearing what the child said, what the grandchild said. You missed the moment of worship. Because this time of year, you want to be Christmas present. You want to be present in the moment. You don't want to be distracted. You don't want your mind to be somewhere else. You want to be in the moment because that's when they happen in a moment. So you want to be present. You also want to be present because God who is the eternal God, the God who dwells outside of time, which I realize is a difficult concept for us to even begin to grasp. God dwells outside of time. You realize that, right? Like if time was a line, and here's beginning and here's end, God is outside of that. In fact, he created time. But to him... He can be at the beginning, he can be at the end, he can be in the now, he can be in the yesterday, he can be in the tomorrow. They're all the same to him. He's the same in all of them because he dwells outside of them all. He knows the beginning from the end. He knew the end at the beginning. He can be at the end and at the beginning at the same time. This is what God is able to do. It's why he can say, before the foundations of the world, the lamb had already been slain. It didn't mean it was just happening in his mind. It had already happened. That's why he could give a look for John in the book of Revelation into the future. He could crack open eternity and show John in the book of Revelation what was happening. Mm. Because God dwells outside of time. He is the eternal God. He's outside of it. But he created us to dwell inside time. You and I move along the timeline as it's happening. We are in this moment right now. We cannot go back to yesterday 
to that moment. We cannot go into tomorrow in that moment. As much as I wish the things on Star Trek were true. <laughs> right? I did say Trek, not wars. <clears throat> as much as I wish those things were true, we cannot. Only God can be outside of time. He is the God, as the book of Revelation says, who is, who was, and who is to come. Revelation 1, 8. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is there, he is there, and he is here. And when he chooses to meet with us, he does something that is so gracious of him. He steps into our time. He steps into time. He steps into the moment that we are in, and there he meets us. He doesn't just position himself somewhere out in the future or position himself somewhere in the past. When he wants to speak to us, he does so by coming into our now and speaking to us. He comes into our present to give us a new hope, a fresh picture. He steps into our limited perspective to give us big perspective. He steps into our limited sight to give us big sight. And he calls our ability to see that faith. What a wise, gracious God to meet us in our now. And it's for that reason that you and I have to do all that we can to be present in the now. Because this is where God is present in the present. He shows up now. And when he speaks to us, he speaks to us now. And when we are here, I mean here, fully here, not just physically present here, but we are here. We focused our heart. We focus our mind. He meets with us. He meets with us in the midst of our struggle now he meets with us in the midst of our needs now. He meets with us where we are now. He doesn't put a, a point out here and says, well, when you get to here, then I'll meet with you. No, he meets with us now, in your now. That's why we must be present in our now. When God met with um, Moses and he was about to reveal something to Moses that was grand, I mean, a big, big plan for Moses to do something great and go back and to set his people free. Moses, of course, was concerned because anytime you get a big word from God and he gives you something fresh, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to need a little bit of confirmation. I'm going to need a little bit of explanation. That's what happens when we hear something big from God. And so Moses did that. He said, hey, what do I tell them when I go back about the, the God of their fathers showing up? What do I say to them when they ask, who is this? What do I say when I tell them about the God of their fathers? Do you hear that? The God of their fathers. Something past. God responds and he says, here's what I want you to tell them. You tell them that the I am has sent them. Mm. 
the I am, the I am powerful, I am holy, I am wise, I am sovereign, I can do whatever I want to do. But to me, more importantly for us today, I am is a reference to time. I am puts him now. I am. Not just I was and not just I will be, but all that I am is now. Moses, the I am, the right now God is here with you, Moses. You may have heard some things about the past. You may have heard some things about the future. All those that you've heard is now. I am here, Moses. In this month, we are going to be looking at what it means to be Christmas present. To be present in the moment when God speaks, when God meets with us. And I will feel like we have accomplished that if we can walk away with this truth in mind. Take a look at it on screen. Here it is. We experience the most of God's presence when we are most present in the moment. The more you can be present in the moment, right now, in the right now, if you can be present here, then you can experience more of his presence. You want the most out of God's presence in your life? Then you have to be the most present in the now. You have to be the now to experience him. I want us to talk for just a moment about four places that you and I go to and we miss out on the, the now, the present. Here are those places that we can go to. And we, when we go here, we end up missing God. We miss God when we go to live in our past. Hmm. You may be sitting here right now, or you may be at home sometime. You may even be just driving down the highway, and all of a sudden your mind just drifts. And your mind goes places. And sometimes it can go into the past. And if you go and you stay there too long, you'll miss out on what God is trying to do for you in the moment. If you go there, you can't see him here. So let me walk this through for just a moment here and you go with me. Here, here's what happens when we go into the past. Sometimes we go into the past and we visit it as though it was always greater than the now. Yeah, we go back to our high school glory days, right? Yeah, boy, I was a lot thinner and younger and stronger and more hairy. And that's for the guys. And, and, and you know, those kind of things. We think back on those days like they were greater days. And for some of us, maybe they were. But we've got to keep in mind that God is the God of the present now. It's not that he was just at work then and then somehow took a day off or a decade off or several decades off and he somehow is not as active at work, present, alive today as he was then. We live in those like those are the glory days and we go back there, we visit them. Sometimes we do that for ourselves. Sometimes we do that for family. We think about, well, I remember back when I was a whatever. That's when family was good. Or we may do that even with faith. Sometimes people say, oh, I remember back when this event happened. This time happened. This experience happened. When God taught me this. And sadly, that is all 
some people have is what happened in the past. They've got the glory days of then, but if you ask them, what is happening now? What's the fresh thing that God's teaching you now? What's the glory moment now? They often don't have those, but boy, they've got the stories from then. That is living in the past. And when you live in the past, you miss God present now. The past. Sometimes we go back into the past to relive some pain. We go back and we remember things that someone did to us. Or someone hurt us. Someone disappointed us. Someone let us down. And we go back and we live there. We live there replaying the scenario. Replaying the tape. Replaying the words that were said. Replaying the emotions. And then replaying, boy, I wish I had that moment over again. I know what I'd say. I know what I'd do. And we live there and miss out on the now. When you live in the past, you'll miss out on the glory of God now. Sometimes we go back into the past and say, boy, I, I wish I had. If only I had. Maybe I should have. Those are all expressions of living there and not in the moment. They keep you from experiencing the fullness of God now. Those are all dangerous places because they keep our minds distracted. They keep our hearts distracted. We go back there instead of experiencing God here and now. He said, I am the great I am, not the I was. I have truth for you now. I have something greater for you now. But you have to be with me in the moment and stop living in what was in what used to be, in which you thought was greater, you're missing out on God in the now. I really believe that the greatest, the greatest, hear me, the greatest moments with God are the ones that happen in the now. Don't get me wrong. I've had some great ones in the past, but I'm waiting for the fresh ones that are going to happen in the now. They're the greater ones. But I've got to keep myself in the now for that to happen. The second place we can go to sometimes and miss out on God is when our mind and heart goes into the future. Now, this is not obviously time travel, but we do weird things in our heads and in our hearts sometimes. We travel into what we think is the future, and we like to pick up and take some baggage with us. We like to think about, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure I have the strength for that. And so we look at the future, and we look at it with some fear. We look at it with some worry. We think about tomorrow and what it holds, and we get all panicky about it. We get all anxious about it. We get all upset about it. When that happens, you're missing out on what God has for you in the now because you're trying to live in tomorrow. And remember, God is in the now. This is where he meets us, in the present. You can't get what you need for tomorrow in tomorrow, you get it here today. You get it in the present. And when you get to then, then will be the present. And God will give you what you need then. But don't borrow tomorrow's troubles today. You, you face today with what God has for you today. Quit trying to live there or you'll miss out on today. 
you can't live even fantasizing about the future, wishing it could be a certain way, dreaming it could be a certain way, thinking about what ought to be, thinking about what others ought to do, thinking about what others should be doing. You're borrowing a whole lot of trouble upon yourselves when you go that path. God meets us in our today. And if your mind is somewhere else, in fear or in fantasy of tomorrow, you are missing out on him in the now. He is the great I am who meets us here today. Whatever you're going through today is what he has the grace for and power for. So we have to be in this moment, guarding our thoughts, not worrying about what tomorrow is, what someone might say about us, not thinking about what someone else has that we ought to have, but being in the moment. In fact, fear of tomorrow is often an indicator of a lack of faith now. Let me say it again. Fear of tomorrow is often an indicator of a lack of now faith. Because you don't have a fresh now experience, you can't begin to think about how tomorrow could pan out. God gives us fresh truth in the now and we must be present in the now. So we don't want our minds to go back into the past. We don't want to go off into the future. But there's two more places that you and I can go to sometimes that make us miss out on the now. The third one is this, is some kind of escape. We get into our now. and We look at our situation. We look at our finances. We look at our marriage. We look at our job. We look at our kids. We look at our life scenario and what's playing out now. And the pain seems overwhelming. The possibilities seem limited. And it's easy in the now sometimes to look and think, look, it's just too much. It's just too much. I just need to escape out of this thing. I don't think I can just, I I can't deal with it. I got to get out of it. And so we find some way to escape the now. We escape by going into the online world, going out into the social media great beyond, because there... Well, you can lose yourself in some stuff. Hello? You can get out there and start looking at other people's Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatever you got. You can start looking at that stuff. And before you know it, I mean, just hours have passed. And you're just click, click, swipe, swipe, click, swipe, click, swipe, click, swipe. You're just way off into the depths of someone else's life. You're way off into someone else's business. And in the moment, you don't even realize what's happened around you. Life has just passed right by because you were escaping somewhere else. You were gone. Your mind was gone. Your, your thoughts were not even in the moment. But we can get off into social media, Netflix, games, role play, all kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like to watch some Netflix every once in a while. I like to catch a good movie on Amazon, whatever it might be. But boy, you can get off into that world and just, just be gone for days off in it. And when you do, you have escaped the moment 
but you've also just missed what God is wanting to say to you in your now. You haven't come to this place of pain in your life to just find a way to numb yourself in it. You've come to this spot in your life so God can show himself strong in your pain. You can't escape. Not through the online world, not through the world of other people, not through obsession with other people, following them on their social media, following some uh, Hollywood star, following some popular person, diving off into their world, tracking them, stalking them, pursuing them, wondering about them. All of a sudden, they become something you know a whole lot more about than even the family you've got sitting in the room with you. It can happen. Those are ways that we can you get into this escape mode. People can escape through work. People can escape through their hobbies. People can escape through substances. I just need something to cover over what I'm thinking. I can't make my mind stop. I can't make the emotions stop. So they look for some way to just make it all covered for just a while to try to escape. And God says, no, I don't need you to run from the moment. I need you to run to me in this moment because I have exactly what you need. The fourth one is where we escape into ourself. We miss God in the moment when we live somewhere inside ourself. Now, we aren't that big, but boy, we could sure get lost in ourselves sometime. You can get off in places deep in your mind and your thoughts and yourself where you absolutely just miss the moment. You're sitting there and you realize someone's talking to you and has been talking to you for a while. And you're like, what, what? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was, uh, I don't even know where I was. You know, that kind of thing happened to you. Hello? I'm not the only one, right? It happens. And we let our minds just go way off track because what's happening inside ourselves is life is playing out and we start having these conversations in our head. Conversation with ourselves. This is not creepy or weird. It's just something you can't get lost in because we all have the conversations inside our head. We start talking about other people in our lives. We do that inside our heads. It's true. I'm having some right now inside my head about all of us in this moment, right? Hello? Come on. I'm not weird. Everybody does this stuff. You do it. You have those conversations and you start analyzing people. You start analyzing situations and what would I do? I wonder what I should do. What about this person? What am I going to do later today? What am I going to have for lunch? What are we going to have for dinner? What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do this week? All that stuff's happening and you're wrestling with it right now. Hello? Yeah, come on. So it happens. And so you get into this thing, especially when God starts talking to you and he starts telling you some things about how much he loves you the purpose he has for your life, what he wants to do in your life. And man, the conversations click in all of a sudden right then. Because you start having these conversations back like, well, I don't see how that could happen. I don't really know if that's true. That just seems too big, too good, too great. I just don't know, God. I'm just not sure. I, I, no, I'm just, I'm just going to pray about this for a while. Mm. I'm going to put off today what you're telling me to another time. I'm not, I have to think about this for a while. I don't. I'm not confident in what I'm hearing now. I'm going to wait till another day. See, God is the God who meets us in the now. He doesn't intend for us to put off for tomorrow what he tells us today. He is the I am God. You have to be present in the moment. If you want to experience his presence, you have to be present in the moment. You can't, 
You can't be escaped off somewhere. You can't be living in your past. You can't be living in the future. You can't be living off in someone else's world. You can't be in your own fantasy world somewhere. And you sure can't be in this place where you're trying to logically analyze what he's saying to you as though you have to figure it out before you'll do it. That's what we like to do. But when you do that, please understand, when we do that, when we take something God says to it and say, well, let me spin this around a little bit. Let me think about it a little bit. Let me ponder on this a little bit. You are making yourself greater than God in the moment because you're saying, I have to logically figure this out first. I'm not going to take it by faith. I'm going to take it by my own ability to figure it out, wrap my emotions around it, and understand it first. And when you do, you miss out on God in the moment, in the moment. This is where God speaks. He's the I am, and so I have to be in the moment when he's speaking to me. So I want to look at the Christmas story today. Pretty quickly we'll move through this. Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bible, you can turn there, Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to see if Craig or someone can turn some air on. It may just be me, but I'm a little warm up here. Okay, everyone said amen. All right, <clears throat> good. Is Craig near to hop on the app and take care of that? Great. Okay, uh, Luke chapter 1 is where you are today. It's a familiar story as part of the Christmas story. We're going to see Mary today in the experience that she's having. And God is about to show up to her and tell her some things. And she is going to wrestle with the exact same things we've talked about today. She's going to have a moment where she's going to go off in her, in her head some other places. But when she does, she runs the risk of missing the moment. Mm. Luke chapter 1 is where we are today. I'm going to start in verse 26. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, one of the things I get from these two verses right here is God was very intentional and specific. Hello, it tells the time, the place, the person, the situation, and their name. You can't get more specific than that. God had a purpose. He had a moment that he had designed and crafted, and he was going to show up in that moment. He didn't just say, hey, angel, just yeah, you pick. You pick today. I picked last time. You can pick today. No, God had a very specific plan, a location, a date, a time, and a person. God is that specific. So when he speaks, boy, that is the moment to listen. That's the moment. He's the I am now God who's doing an I am now thing for a person like you and I. And I know what happens. You look at this story and think, wow, that's what happens when Jesus is involved. It's, it was all that way just because Jesus was involved. It was the son of God. I and mean, things happened for Jesus didn't happen for us. Mm -mm. Look here. This was happening for Mary Joseph, some shepherds, some wise men, some people who lived at the time, and us. God was specific. And when God speaks today, he speaks specific. He speaks specifically to us with intention 
and with a moment. That's why you don't want to miss a moment when God speaks. Let's move on in the passage. Which, by the way, as Caleb pointed out earlier, it would have been easy for Mary in this moment to say, this looks like an awfully messy interruption. Why now, God? I'm engaged. I've got my life planned. I've got things worked out. And now you show up? Verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. It wasn't because Mary was a beauty queen. It wasn't because Mary was a virtue queen. It's because God chose Mary. Mary was a sinner like you and me. She had a past like you and me. She had a heart that was born into the line of Adam like you and me. Yet God shows up with grace for her in a moment and speaks to her with words that were overwhelming to her that didn't fit in her mind. Verse 29 tells us that. But when she saw him, this glorious, powerful angel who shows up, she was troubled. She didn't say immediately, oh, thank you very much. She hadn't worked at Chick-fil-A. She couldn't say my pleasure. She didn't know what to do in this moment. And so an angel showing up, an angel bringing this news, an angel coming at this time causes her to be troubled. Troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Why? Why now? Why this? How can you say this about me? Do you not know me? Do you not understand who I am? Do you not know my past? Do you not know I'm not from royal blood? Do you not know I have no reason to be chosen? Do you not know? And Mary, in this moment, is troubled. I'm sure if you could look into her head and her heart, you would have heard her saying some things like, I'm not... I'm not qualified for a moment like this. I, I, I've, got, I've got my future planned out for me. I'm engaged. I got, I got dates on the calendar. We've got a rehearsal wedding coming up here. You know, I've got to get planned for this. I've got to, I've got to get everybody together. I've got to get, do this thing. I, I have plans for my future. And she's troubled at this. And when you get troubled in your head is when you start to dismiss the moment. The angel shows up with some very specific things to say, something from God. And she's trying to dismiss the moment. And the angel pulls her back into the moment because her head is going off, her heart's going off, and she's drifting. And the angel says to her in verse 30 and 31, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Don't, don't drift on me here, Mary. Come back, Mary. I know you're starting to panic about tomorrow. I know you're starting to get worried about the situation. I know you're starting to be overwhelmed, Mary. Don't miss this moment. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name 
Jesus. Now this is a tall order. This is a massive story. A giant promise. Something glorious that God was going to do in her life. It would be easy to discount it because it was so grand. It was so big. It's one of those things that you would try to just pass off and think, ah, that's crazy talk. This doesn't seem possible. How could that even be? It goes on, and the angel says to him, verse 32, he will be great, and he'll be called the son of the highest. And Mary, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. And of his kingdom, there's going to be no end. Mary, you're going to give birth to a son who's going to reign. He's going to be powerful. He's going to be mighty. He's going to come from you, Mary. What overwhelming news. And Mary starts to go other places in her head. Verse 34 says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? In other words, hold up. I'm trying to logically understand this. I have never been with a man, but you're telling me I'm going to have a baby. And it's not going to be through a man. It's going to be from God who's going to put this baby in me. And he's going to be a, a king. Am I, am I getting all this straight? And the angel, yeah, that's it. This is exactly it. And Mary in verse 34 says, How can this be since I do not know a man? You see, Mary does what we do. Wait a minute. Let me try to logically figure this out. I can't. I can't, I can't make it happen. I can't figure out how this could even be. This violates the laws of science. This violates the laws of nature. This violates everything I know about people, about myself, about how life goes. But when God steps in and says something, it will sometimes be counter to everything that you've known up to that point. He will show you something new because that's what God does. He is the I am God who speaks in the moment with fresh truth. And that's why we must be in the moment. And Mary is trying to drift. She's trying to drift already going backwards. She's trying to drift already going forwards. And now she's trying to drift off into a place of, I don't understand this. i got to figure this out. I can't see how this could be. Mary's off into this moment of escape. Mary's going to miss this moment if she's not careful. Mary's starting to drift. And the angel calls to her again to call her back to the moment. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is, how the, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Mary, you know Elizabeth you know she couldn't have children. But then she became pregnant. And then the angel says this, For with God 
nothing will be impossible. Mm. With God, nothing will be impossible. It doesn't say some things. It says nothing will be impossible. The angel quotes this truth that has stood and has always stood and defines who God is himself, the God who can do whatever he chooses. The God who can break even the laws of science if he wants to because he's the one who created them. Nothing is impossible for him. You can't define him. You can't limit him. You can't logic him. He does what he does, and nothing will be impossible. But boy, that sure messes with our heads, doesn't it? When he says to you that when you've trusted him, when you have believed in him, when you become a follower of his, that he makes you in that moment completely forgiven, beginning today and tomorrow, and you can't wrap your head around that, how he could call you blameless and holy and righteous today. I get it, but God can do what he wants, and when he says it, it's true, because nothing is impossible for God. Amen? And when he tells you to walk in obedience to him, you don't pull back and study it, Google it, conversate about it, study up on it, wonder about it, study the science on it. You believe what he says in the moment because nothing is impossible for God. Amen? But boy, it takes some discipline to shut out all the voices, to not get distracted. Because when the news is so overwhelming and the news is so great, it's easy to go some other places in your mind and think, you know, I'm just going to start thinking about my Walmart list instead. This stuff is just way over my head. Hello? It's easy to start thinking about some other things, going some other places in your head when the news is so overwhelmingly good. And this is happening for Mary. It's fascinating to me what has happened so far in the, in the passage. This angel has made some bold statements, some promises, some directives from God. And up to this moment, they have all been future tense. You will conceive in your womb. The Holy Spirit will come upon you you will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus. Every one of those are future statements. Are you with me? They didn't, the angel did not say, you have or it is. He said, you will. Because when God gives a promise it's contingent upon our response in the present. If that is going to happen, then you're going to have to believe now. If you want to see the result, you have to believe now. Here's what happens. It all becomes contingent upon Mary's belief. Mary's accepting it. Mary believing it, getting into the moment, 
stop going other places in her head, but taking it in, believing it, and saying, this is true for me now. This is from God. I believe it. And here's what happens in verse 38. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, look, here I am, God. I put myself up for you. I will be your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, let that happen now. Mary got in the moment and said, now let that be true for me. Let it be, be is a present verb. It puts us in the now. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. My work is done here. He went on. And I know again, it's easy to look and say, well, cute story. Beautiful. Bible story. That's Mary. That's Jesus. That's not me. But let me remind you. The same God who sent an angel to speak these words is the same God who speaks to us today. The same God who was and will be is. And that same God speaks to us today. Yes, Mary would conceive and give birth to a son. But God's word tells us that if you have believed that Christ has been born in you, today. God's word tells us that the Holy Spirit has not just overshadowed you and I, he has actually come to live in you and I. God's word tells us that we have received mighty and precious promises. God's word tells us that he will accomplish great things through us, that he is looking to work in your life in the areas that right now you think are actually disqualifying you from being used. You've got some things right now in your life that you think those are the reasons he can't use you. But remember, God meets us in our now, not your tomorrow, but the now. And he looks for us to be the ones who will say, God, I bring my now to you. I bring my now marriage to you. I bring my now kids to you. I bring my now job to you. I bring my now situation and my now life to you because this is where you work in the now. And when he starts giving you promises about your now, when he starts telling you some things that are going to be hard for you to take in, that he loves you forever, that he's forgiven you of your sin, that he wants to use you, that he wants to work in the lives of others through you, that he has uniquely placed you where you are to be a light to the people around you, that he wants to heal what's broken in you, that he wants to bring hope where you see no hope, that he wants to restore what you think can't be restored. In those moments, our response is to say, God, let it be to me. Because with you, nothing is impossible. At this time of year, let us be Christmas present, fully in the moment, 
fully in this moment. God, what are you saying to me? I want to hear. I want it to be fresh. I don't want to live off of yesterday. I don't want to live in fear of tomorrow. I want to live in the now. So God, whatever you're saying to me today, I hear you. And I say, let it be to me according to your word, present in the moment. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm confident that God is speaking now. I'm confident that God is at work now. And may we respond now. What's he saying to you? Respond to him. Is he calling you to surrender your life to him? Respond to him. Is he calling you to forgive someone? Respond to him. Is he calling you to believe a promise? Respond to him. Don't wait. Don't put off. Don't push away. Don't escape. Don't try to rationalize it. He has hope now. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that you've chosen to meet us here today and in this moment. And that in each of our lives, we have something that we think is impossible. And those are the moments and places that you like to go to. Those are the moments and places where your promises come alive. I pray that we would be a people who believe you in your promises, who believe in your power, and who believe in the moment. And that right now, fully present, fully aware, not putting off, we say, yes, Lord, let it be to me. May it happen in me. May it come to pass in me. Exactly as you say it. Father, I thank you for your grace. Thank you for hope. I thank you for the tenderness of your spirit to meet us now. Jesus, move in us. We pray in your name. Amen. Would you stand this morning as we sing? Let this be an expression of our now, now faith, now worship, now response to our God. Wow, what a powerful message today. What an encouragement uh, to stay present during the Christmas season. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe, and we hope to see you next week.